0: Legend of Resistance. In addition, the play will be discussed, poetry presented by Gary Kubota and the company on Wednesday, September 30th at the meeting room of the Berkeley Public Library South at 1901 Russell Street in Berkeley. That's October 2nd and 3rd for the play at La Peña and September 30th for poetry and discussion at the Berkeley Public Library South. This is Jack Foley. I'll be back in
1: October. Thank you, Lucrecia, and thanks for listening.
2: Thank you, Jack. It is now 3:30 here at KPFA, 94.1 FM, and it is time for Cover to Cover, Open Book.
1: Welcome to the Poet to Poet series. I'm your host Dina Serrano. Richmond has three Poet Laureates. Most places in California don't have any. But Richmond is rich with Poet Laureates. And the three Poet Laureates are Lincoln Bergman, Dante Clark, and Brenda Quintanilla. And they're three very different people. It's the most intergenerational group that you could imagine of really excellent poets. And the one I'm going to present to you now is also a very dear friend of mine, Lincoln Bergman. Welcome, Lincoln Bergman. Thanks so much, Nina. Great to be here. Well, Lincoln, I know you've brought us some poems, so why don't you start off with one about Richmond?
0: Absolutely. We all live in Richmond, it's called. We all live in Richmond, but I want you to know most of us ain't Richmond. No, 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 no. Most of us ain't rich because in this land of ours, only ways to be rich is if you are a star or maybe if your daddy had millions or more and you inherited his department store. We all live in Richmond. You better believe that while we ain't rich, we got something up our sleeve. We got our people from nations everywhere. All of us in Richmond need to breathe clean air. Yes, yes, I know. Chevron is right here. Pollution's no solution to the woes of this sphere. But community gardens and marches to demand environmental justice, that's a righteous Richmond plan. Here, we praise poetry, speak free verse or rhyme it, and we must do all we can to face the changing climate. We all live in Richmond, a fine city, you know, full of innovation as her young people grow. Grow, blossom, and flower on the tree of life. Do our best to overcome a past of pain and strife. We all live in Richmond, and we should understand. In making this a better place, we build a better land. We all live in Richmond, but I want you to know, most of us ain't Richmond. No, 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 no.
1: You just heard Lincoln Bergman, one of the three poet laureates of Richmond. Lincoln, you're famous or very famous to me for rhyming poems. It seems like nothing can happen without Lincoln coming up with rhymes. Uh-huh. How I does that rhymes. work?
0: I don't know. I love rhymes. I love limericks. I was encouraged from a very early age. Most of my parents actually wrote poetry. My father wrote quite a lot and my mother was more of a painter, uh, an artist. And somewhere in that early mix, rhyme became very important. I was telling someone the other day and talking about a recent poetry reading that I have many lackings as a poet. Great poets, like Dante or others, have a gift for metaphor that really reaches out and grabs you. I lack the discipline that a, quote, professional poet, even a very left-wing professional poet, would have to have in order to sculpt and craft and deal with every word. So I lack that discipline. And I also don't have a talent for descriptive detail the way all great writers do, including poets. But... I said that to someone, and she said, but you're pretty good at rhyme. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I have to admit that. I love rhyme. Uh, Limericks, other kinds of poetry, for some reason, the occasional poem, the poem for an occasion, a birthday, an event, a sad event, a happy event, it starts coming to me often rhyme.
1: Well, the occasional poem is one of the roles that poets traditionally have played, that they are called upon to create something for occasions. And I think you are always, we can rely that you will have a poem if there's an occasion.
0: It's an but interesting thing. Yes, I, I do something in me.
1: disagree with you <laughs> in your analysis of your own poetry that you don't sculpt. I'll tell you the poem that totally makes what you just said wrong, because this poem is Is so perfectly sculpted, and it's the one based on the bells, your own version of the bells. That is incredibly precise.
0: Thank you, and thank you, and I appreciate it. But I had Edgar Allan Poe as a great model, of course. Yes, I
1: was going to say. And
0: it's about tectonic plates the plates, 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 and how they churn and turn and all the other verbs, different verbs than Edgar Allan Poe. But I appreciate that, and with some poems, I have worked really hard to sculpt it, and that is true. I was just talking in general. The great poets and even fine poets that I see have some of those talents that I felt I'm not quite as strong at. I'm actually not uh, belittling myself. I will praise my poetry, but I'll also analyze it.
1: What other poems have you brought for us? Well, let's
0: see. I I brought Richmond poems because of Richmond Copo, Laureate. I have a sonnet for Richmond, California, and I have limericks for Richmond. The sonnet has to do with the recent election victory. The Richmond Progressive Alliance won over... Candidates that were backed by Chevron with over $3 million made a big national news story. They used the term, Chevron used the the phrase, moving forward, which would not have happened had their candidates won. The names in this sonnet for Richmond, California are the successful candidates who won. Tonight we're savoring the victory. This city's people have again stood up. Though Chevron oil went on a spending spree, tonight we drink from a triumphant cup. Jovanca, Gale, and Eduardo too the candidates on the progressive slate with Tom Butt, Giles Myrick, what a crew. The fact that they all won is simply great. We keep on moving forward now for real with health of Richmond's people at the heart to help our city grow and thrive and heal to fill the streets and schools with every art. There's one more thing that we're obliged to say. 10 years of organizing made this day. So that's the sonnet, and these are the limericks.
1: And that is an example (laughs) of an occasional poem written for the occasion. Exactly, the night of the election election
0: victory, it came to me. And then I heard one of the Richmond progressive folks on the radio saying that, you know, there was a whole lot of organizing that went into this. So that made the last slide, the 10 years of organizing. 11 Richmond limericks. Richmond's a town on the go, last decade has much good to show, better schools and less crime, who has led in this time, the progressive alliance, you know. So many young poets are seen, parks played in and better kept clean, no matter your hue, you knew what to do, so long as the mayor was green. There once was a chevron of oil, out fracking to poison the soil. Their money speaks volumes, rising high-profit columns, but they sure can make my blood boil. Every day now I get in the mail, stuff that galls me no end without fail. This kind of campaign, made of hate and disdain, tells me chevron knows who is for sale. The crap they spread just makes me wild. Compared to it, crude oil is mild. They spew half-lies to befuddle, try to make things a muddle. This needs to be roundly reviled. No economist, me, for Pete's sake. But come on, people, give me a break. Why spend millions of dollars on these vile shouts and hollers unless there is something at stake? That's something to think about, friends, as the future comes right round the bends. What we can do is elect the good folks we select and strengthen the message that sends. Jovanka, Eduardo, and Gail are pilloried much in the mail. I read it and curse. I don't think I've seen worse, but I pray that the truth will prevail. You can tell I've got feelings intense, as the one percent spare no expense. To send out this pound scum, they must think voters dumb. These flyers a total offense. My justice fuse. This garbage to trip it. So first, with one finger, I flip it. These I just cannot bear. These I just have to tear. All of this trash, I just rip it. This campaign's cruel and unfair lit, such garbage I simply can't bear it. With their veritable mint, they have power to print, and I have the power to tear it. I did this at a public event, and I tore up the campaign literature as I was
1: talking. Oh, it became a performance yes, yes, piece.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Or
1: spoken art.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, you so are those the... are three Richmond poems.
1: Yes, you were... Lincoln Bergman, the elder of the three Absolutely. poet laureates. 70
0: years old, and uh, Dante Clark, great African-American a poet and playwright, I think is in his mid-20s, and then there's a woman poet. Who, who, there was a group of us who applied to be, a number of us, and they couldn't decide. They had a poetry slam where we each did one poem each, and they still couldn't decide, so they innovatively chose three poet laureates, and the third is Brenda Quintanilla, and she wrote some beautiful poems, one about coming here from El Salvador when she was five years old, several others, and then at a little round table with the Richmond Arts and Culture Commission, they mentioned that she was in high school. I said, what? And in fact, she is. She's a senior and is uh, very studious, and her poetry is just Very powerful. So I feel blessed and fortunate to be with two such young people. It's really helped me and kept me lively and aware. And I learn a lot from them, including that they recite dramatically without paper in front of them. So sometimes I can do that a little bit.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: You're most welcome. my, My pleasure always.
1: Brenda, tell us a little about yourself.
2: My name is Brenda Quintanilla. I'm 17 years old and I am a senior at Making Waves Academy. I'm currently one of the three poet laureates of Richmond, along with Lincoln Bergman and Dante Clark. It's been a really fun experience so far, and I'm really looking forward to what we accomplish in the future. How did you start writing poetry? I started when I was in eighth grade. I had always written in my entire life. I would write short stories for myself, write on a diary, just things like that. But in eighth grade, I joined Raw Talent, which stands for Richmond Artists with Talent, and they completely opened my eyes to what poetry is, and I began writing different poems. In ninth grade, I performed for the first time in a competition for Youth Speaks, and that's when I started to really get into poetry more and started to see how there's all these talented youth and started to learn from them and how I can improve my poetry by being exposed to other poets. My first poem that I consider a pretty good poem is one that I wrote about my dad. I wrote it freshman year for the Youth Speaks competition. And now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I have come a long way because that poem back then I thought it was amazing. And now it's like, oh, my God, my poetry has improved so much over time. So can we hear one of your more recent
1: poems? And then after we hear that, would you dare to read us that early poem about your dad so we can hear what the growth was?
2: Okay, one of my more recent poems, actually I just wrote this a little bit ago, and it's for the Youth Speaks competition that's coming up. It's called The Dreamers Now. For many centuries, those with a shade of brown, loud accents, and tilted last names had to jump from bus to feet, from feet to bus to get on another bus that would leave them five blocks from school. Kids who were supposed to be on the playground during break spent that time in the classroom doing homework because there was never enough time to do schoolwork at home. Teachers always asked them, why not take a break and go play? But the students were always too embarrassed to admit that after school they had to help their parents plant tomatoes so their homework would not be done if a break was taken. Kids were supposed to have toys and cars and backpacks, but the only toy a migrant worker had were the tools he used to dig up the crops. The only cars he owned were the tractors his father bought after 25 years of saving money. And the only backpack he had ever had was the plastic bag he stole from a customer. After so many years of this routine, up by 5 a.m., out of school by 3, work until 10 p.m., these kids grew tired. So they hopped on a truck and began to dream. Meanwhile, kids in America were waking up at 8 a.m., getting home by 2 p.m., and spending the rest of their day sitting on the porch eating grapes with a book in their hand. Maybe that's why their graduation rates are higher. Well, I'm sorry those kids on the field spending their lunch break finishing homework cannot afford books. Even worse, cannot afford a backpack to even place those books in. Meanwhile, kids in America own a different backpack every school year. They don't have to walk three miles to get to school. They don't have to come home to the dazzling heat, exposing their delicate skin to the rough rays of the sun. Those kids who broke their backs, picking up seeds, the sights of their fingers are now considered criminals by the kids who have never walked on gravel barefoot, who have never had to leave their books at school because their plastic bag would rip from too much weight who have never seen the sun rise. Those kids with the cracked knuckles and bloody toes are the ones who have never stopped dreaming. They are the ones who now aspire to be nurses and doctors and lawyers who now love to read books because they had never before been able to, who now want to be considered human. These are the kids prevented from coming to America Yanked from the opportunity to discover education. These are the kids you call wet-bag criminals when they have to cross the border illegally because you are not allowing them to walk it freely. Dreamers, let them dream. Let us dream. Let us have the same success as the civil rights movement. Let us have the same outcome as the termination of Japanese internment camps. Let us have the same freedom as every other American. Let us build so we can grow to afford real backpacks. Let us show the world, let me show the world that the dream is now. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. So you, you see yourself as one of the dreamers.
2: I am a dreamer since I am an immigrant and I'm undocumented. I'm officially considered a dreamer. Pick another poem. This poem is called White Pickup Trucks and it basically explains where I come from and where I want to go in life. Six in the morning. And I was ready to hop on the back of the white pickup truck. Ready to leave the 8,000 square miles of my country, 14 states of El Salvador. First night, I slept on a thin bed of sand with the rock as my pillow and the wind as my blanket. No teddy bear by my side this time crossing rivers, jumping fences and hiding behind rocks. Just a little 80 pound girl with only eight years of experience in life expected to pass the brutality of La Migra, expected to jump on moving trains, to roll down long steep hills, to run from the cops in charge of not letting any of my kind go through. We had to hire a coyote, had to find shelter for two months. But the only homes we'd find were wretched shacks and leaf-topped cabins. As we ran through the bumpy desert and snuck through the poisonous trees, a single streak pierced my eardrum. It was a young woman who labored for air because she didn't have her inhaler. A man offered his arm, but she refused to slow them down and said, You go on without me. I los alcanzo. But she never made it. Everyone else reached California. Land of the free. Seven years later and this land still doesn't offer its freedom to the ones from on the back of that white pickup truck. John Locke once established the three natural rights given by God, but now I establish the three natural inequalities given to my people by the government. Uno, we still struggle to get A's in high school, but we can't even apply to college because we don't have the required documentation. Dos, We don't have enough money to go to a doctor's appointment because we don't got health insurance, so we stick to basement band-aids and back-alley abortions. Tres. We worry we'll get a phone call confessing that our sisters and brothers have been deported back home. And since I rode on the back of dirty, old, rusted pickup trucks, I'm to be considered an alien. But I never realized I arrived from outer space. My hallways are empty and my doors are closed simply because I don't have a green card to show that I'm American. But one day, I will be working for Washington, D.C. Federal Court and Administration for Equality. So when you see me become the first undocumented Salvadorian as the president of the United States... I will hold the key so that everyone can see that I'm not ashamed to have written on the back of white pickup trucks. All the doors will be opened. All my hallways will be filled with hopeful immigrants. And the only thing deported will be injustice.
1: You just heard Brenda Quintanilla, Poet Laureate of Richmond, California. These are wonderful poems. Do you have others you want to share before we end?
2: So this is the very, 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 very first poem I wrote. It's about my dad, and it's called My Favorite Song Reminds Me of You. It was like waking up to my favorite song. It was like my iPod stuck on replay. Replay the day St. Quentin stole you from me. A day after my birthday? Worst present in my life. You replay it all. Press pause for just a split second. The day I was born, you took me into your hands and looked at me in the eyes. I had your same lips, thin like a rose petal. Same nose, wolf-shaped and pointy at the top. Same eyes, slightly slanted, making my daddy's view more visible. You always found a way to fill the gaps that could never be trespassed. Like having three jobs at a time, but only one daughter to manage. Or having a house of five, but having ten people living in it. Always fulfilling your baby girl's desires, just so she could love you more. Always sticking the sword to your own back to protect her chest from getting hit. All that jaywalking you did so that you could get to the other side faster so that your little girl wouldn't get hurt. But you had to let my hand go. Handful of sweat from your hard work and love. Through all your knee knocking, elbow popping, bone aching work that you did. For me, daddy? But now you're locked up in those four walls. Accusation of false miseries, tragedies that almost made me banish from reality. Four walls surrounding you, pointing fingers at my innocent beloved daddy. Preventing us from being together. Preventing me from seeing your beautiful face that replicates my own. How did you breathe in the smoke of pain? But let's fast forward to your favorite part, my future. Cause here I sit now, a second version of you only better. No longer having to work on the fields. No longer having to work at a factory. Cause I will be working at Washington DC federal court and administration for equality. Equality for my people. Equality for humankind. Equality for my father. People wonder why I'm the way I am. And just like Robert Frost said, I took the road less taken. Only difference is, I don't know where I stand today. I got lost, lost in the darkness, in the belief that I no longer had you by my side. The color white is all the colors mixed together, but black is the absence of all the colors instead. I'm the black, and the absence of you in my life leaves me in darkness. And just like my favorite song that reminds me of you says, there are voices that want to be heard. So much to mention, but you can't find the words. There is no answer that can answer my questions, and no question that can ever question my love for you. My favorite song puts you in my mind, and I replay it every day, just so I could keep you in my memory.
1: Thank you so much, Brenda Quinteria. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Poet Laureate of Richmond, California. And now, Dante Clark, can we please hear a poem from you?
3: As morning dew glaze across cracked bottles and torn plastic and uncultivated soil, and a crammed space rumbles an appetite deep inside Section 8 and beneath a rusted ceiling where iron tears and a quivering pit bellows off the cliff no God here lies a brown boy who awakes to a moldy frost setting into his bones the third morning this week he struggled to climb out from his weeping puddle search through rubble for watered ground to plant his weary feet the pieces of watching his best friend head explode in front of him I mean, the sight was mind-blowing to say the least, don't you think? With scrawny shoulders and sinking faith, this brown boy carries 17 caskets and unfinished homework on his back as he drags himself through a thick cloud of purple smoke to stagger down a condemned pathway to the end of your classroom, cuffed in a black hooded sweatshirt made obituary there in the corners where he folds, crumble at each tick of that clock, knowing that in here or out there on that block we waste, and the living usually forgets about the dead is that's why these teachers don't see us if metallic lock and slave ship is the only things planned in your lessons then what's going to free us huh how do you reach us with firm grip if your hands are full with holding on to eurocentric lectures treat us absent when you don't feel connected to our presence you can't call on raised hands of ghosts so we float hallway glide to dunk at locker room gatherings is post we host school grounds is purgatory Pretend that diploma will exempt us from a white man's gun. Street sweep this poverty and teach us back our native tongues. Like really though. Like really know the people you're supposed to be serving. What is it that you do know? And you are afraid of our awakening. Well either way I am that brown boy. Each morning, someone likes me enters your classroom outside of school hours as a prison cell and an early grave been carved to stack profit when brown bodies decay. I don't need your sympathy, because how is your sorries going to save me? But blessed be those who pay attention to that brown boy and show him love through the process.
1: You just heard Dante Clark, Poet Laureate of Richmond, California... Reading, not reading, reciting his original poem. Dante, how did that poem come to be written?
3: I was working with a group, Raw Talent, that I work with out at the RIDE Center. We was asked to give a presentation for the Teachers for Social Justice Conference this past September. And so we was asked to come up with a play-themed in a classroom and show the different scenarios of students that come in a classroom and what type of teachers and my character was kind of based off of me but inspired by all of the other students that I worked with and went to class with talking about what it is that I'm going through before I get to your classroom, and sometimes you'll look at that person as if I'm uninterested or I'm just failing, but it's like you don't know what I had to go through, what I woke up to to get to the classroom, and the fact that I showed up says a lot, and it was more I wanted to add on to the poem, but for the sake of time, that's all I was that I was able to write for that presentation, but it's just the fact that I was still able to show up to the classroom with all of this going on in my head says something, so each morning that someone like me enters your classroom, Don't need to be sorry, but just start right there. Every day is a fresh start of reaching somebody.
1: So what other poems did you bring for us?
3: Another piece that I would like to share is one called Blood on Our Hands. There's blood on our hands. For those of us who can't see past our first two decades and one plus year, whose heart's are blunt wrapped in grape swishes, sweets, laced with the gunpowder With thoughts that move to the baseline pattern of a hundred round drums Deep center rib ribcage disguised a furnace where I'm from Breathing black smoke in a hanging corpse is how we make it through the fires Swallowing pride fewer times in vodka bottles and pizza rock My peoples is taking shots Back to back to back and then to the backs of blacks Until most of our lives are wasted Do you see the connection? This bothers me because we can't see past the weeping of liquid tears and gnashing of teeth to imagine the flutter of grace with golden streets beneath splintered feet This is faith to believe that the wings on our dreams are made for soaring With the blow of wind from God's lips will be placed higher than sunrise But you see, we are sun set on chasing shadows Ligaments folded from thrusts of metal slipping beneath pavement cracks Have you ever heard the sound of 12 gauges crack through blue sky? Because I know people who shoot Clenched triggers with callous hands turning soil skin, man into sinkhole, I live amongst the wounded. Scattered across the streets like loose chains, I've seen movements. Loose chains by the fingertips when barrel-lips spit kisses of death from them boys in blue and they look just like you, 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 yes, you, don't shoot, don't shoot with brute force or by sport there is a tug of war for the right to claim my life day and night i fight against my own kind and it be my own mind too 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 yes there are too many guns in the hands of those with the intent to kill and these people can't always be registered but these guns i'm praying they be melted into a handshake hoping that this will be real I'm pushing for all of us who let down our weapons, remove Smith and Wesson from our thoughts, and maybe our babies with raw talent will rise.
1: Those are some powerful poems, Dante. Thank you so much.
3: I appreciate you for having me.
1: Well, I appreciate that you've come to share your wonderful work with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you all, Poet Laureates of Richmond, California, Brenda Quintanilla, Dante Clark, and Lincoln Berkman.
2: Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure being here.
1: with Jill Montgomery for the Poet to Poet series. Please check out my website, Serrano.com, to hear other programs, poems, and a listing of my upcoming events.
0: Thanks for listening. This is a statement from a local station board candidate. The views expressed are not those
3: of KPFA management or staff.
0: I'm Richard Hart. I'm here to make a positive difference for our very valuable resource, KPFA. I want to help empower KPFA for all of us so our station can do the best for all of us. It is now essential that cooperation must prevail with an end to counterproductive divisiveness and factionalism so our station can be properly empowered to do its best. I've been a member of Pacifica with my family for over 40 years. I want to see the potential of KPFA realized, not squandered. That's why I'm running for the board. Join
1: me, please, in making the difference needed at KPFA. Please vote Richard Hart.